You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Adacha, Austin, Shotaki Zabir. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Bella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And this is the final show. This is episode 122. This is the final show of the 2018-2019 season. Uh, but don't worry, because next week. We'll have it episode 123, because that's the way it works when you do an episode every week. Uh, but this week, uh, Jay Grant will join me. Jay is the uh, owner, the the lead on the Southampton page on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, and that page, the Southampton page, is the official partner of the podcast. So it's always good to be able to talk to Jay. And we had set this up uh, some time ago that he would come on and talk after the final game of the season, uh, give his thoughts on the season talk about uh, the year for the page and uh, some big milestones that he hit, including going over 20,000 uh, of, of you following him on, on Instagram. And that's a, that's a big deal. Um, and we were really hoping that the, the season would kind of, you know, end on a high and instead it was a one, one draw with a team that was already relegated, but that is in the grand scheme of things, I think. Okay. But Jay and I will kind of parse all of that out uh, over the course of the episode. And, Generally, we record, I record on a Sunday morning uh, after a Saturday game or directly after the final whistle on a Sunday. Um, but because Jay was at the game and yesterday, Sunday was was Mother's Day uh, here in the United States, that, that didn't happen. So I got up on a Monday morning, rang Jay up on Skype and and kind of started talking and then I had to go to work. So uh, we've put the episode together over the course of the day. I think it's all ready to go. Hopefully it is, and hopefully you enjoy it. But um, one thing that that we had to talk about today that we didn't have a whole lot of information on, and I don't think really anybody has a whole lot of information on, is the new sponsor. Uh, LD Sports will be the main sponsor for the club on the front of the kit uh, over the next three years. Jay and I uh, had as much information as we could have just a couple hours after it was announced. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, share our concerns with that. Uh, so you get the kind of uh, you know I wouldn't say the the non reasonable, but it's the it's the the freshest thought. And other than that, just a quick shout out to the under 23s who today or yesterday uh, secured promotion to the PL2 Division One with their victory over Newcastle. So congratulations to them. Um, they get to go play in the highest division that they can. And that's really good for the club. It's really good for them. Um, and it was really nice to see Ralph in the dressing room afterwards, uh, giving them a speech and cheering them on and letting them know that uh, he appreciates their work. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of those guys uh, come up and be training with the first team. And also hopefully... Uh, the guys will stay in that division and continue to uh, to enjoy their football because I think they uh, they play some pretty good football. If you don't watch them at all, I don't watch them a lot, but um, whenever I get the chance, it always is uh, pretty entertaining. So uh, congratulations to them. And um, before we get into the episode, just thanks for listening. It's been uh, an up and down season 
the team has gone through some highs and lows and there were times um, that, you know, you kind of look at, at what you're doing and, and myself in terms of the podcast and you just wonder kind of, you know, is this the right thing to do? Uh, is there, are the episodes coming off? Okay. Uh, are we, are we ever going down? Are we ever driving the wrong narrative? Is there anything else that we can be doing? Um, are we just repeating ourselves every week? And so hopefully you've enjoyed it. Um, the, the, the podcast numbers say that, that many of you do, uh, the messages I get say many of you do. Um, so thanks for all that. Thanks for the support. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And I look forward to, uh, heading into the summer, into the transfer window, which is my least favorite time of year, but, uh, to keeping the podcast going and, uh, heading into next year and hoping that, uh, things are going up. We have more wins and more goals and things like that to talk about. But anyway, let's jump into it. Uh, this is Jay Grant. He runs the Southampton page. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Southampton page. Uh, you can also get a hold of Jay at fatal J if you are interested in that. So uh, with all that said, um, this has been a way too long intro, but let's get into it. Uh, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton delivery podcast, Jay Grant. He runs the Southampton page, which is the official partner of the podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Southampton page and at fatal J uh, and make sure to check out the Instagram account. Uh, and if you're not there already, I say it every week, there's over 20,000 people that are following along. And if you're not one of them, uh, you should be because that nearly fills St. Mary's and um, Jay, uh, you were at the game yesterday. Uh, we're here to talk about the final game. Uh, this kind of the season as a whole and, and, and what we've been doing this this year uh, between uh, you and I. Um, and in between all that, uh, Southampton just announced its new sponsorship deal, new, uh, primary kit sponsor. So, uh, lots to talk about and, uh, different for me because we're recording on a Monday morning, which means I have to go to work in just a little bit. So, uh, we'll run through it, but, uh, first off, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I said the voice is a little bit, uh, croaky after yesterday, but yeah, apart from that, not, not too bad and looking forward to the, uh, summer now. You picked a nice day to be, uh, in the stadium. No, no rain, nice weather, sunshine, uh, everything but the game, I guess, itself was good. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, the game wasn't uh, the best, to be fair, but no, the weather was nice, so that's that's always a bonus. Um, I mean, so, I mean, being in the stadium, was it, uh, I mean, how different is that for a match day experience from being you know, elsewhere and having to listen to the game on the radio or watch on TV. I mean, what, what's the biggest difference for you being in the stadium versus uh, elsewhere if you for, for a match? Well, obviously when you're all in the stadium, obviously you get the, uh, obviously when you're in getting, getting ready to sit in your seat or you're down watching training, everyone's like obviously really excited and you, and you get that atmosphere, do you know what I mean? Building when you're walking up to the, to your seat. Um, but yeah, no, it's, Obviously, when you're away from it, like I have been for a while, it's hard, obviously, to get... Obviously, you can enjoy it, so enjoy the result and make your comments on it. But when you're there, you, know, you can see it for yourself and manage to get a better view of it, sort of thing. Yeah, and um, where, where, were you, where were you sat yesterday? What, uh, what, what section of the stadium? Unfortunately, well, it's not unfortunate. It was good to see it. It was literally right next to the away fans who were, who were quality yesterday because I thought they were... Pretty awesome. Um, so all, yeah, I was all twelve of them, them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was next to them yesterday, so that that was pretty good. But unfortunately, I was dead in line when, when a certain keeper made a mistake. But we'll talk about that a bit later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the Huddersfield fans were given uh, the uh, a free yellow away shirt, I think, for making the trip, and 
I know Huddersfield had to actually uh, send some seats back to Saints because uh, they weren't going to sell out the allocation. So, um, but, but fair play to the people who did travel down. It's an already relegated team. Um, that's a long trip on a Sunday. Uh, so, so good for them for showing up. And I think they were rewarded. Um, you know, they saw an away goal. They saw a point, which they didn't get very many of this season. And uh, they got a free shirt out of the deal. So that's uh, it's good for them. But um, yeah, we'll come on to the game and the mistakes and, and all of that in just a little bit. But um, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows about the Southampton page. If, if not, I, you know, we, I talk about it every single week on the show. It's always uh, in the show notes and stuff like that. But just for maybe somebody who's tuning in for the first time, uh, you know, how has your season gone not in terms of the team on the pitch but in terms of of how the pages has run and things like that like what i guess a, a summary of your season and and how you feel about about the page in, in general um yeah i think it's gone well i mean instagram for me has always been a shock as in how it's built because i said i started it as just a little project and now it's obviously practically my life really i wake up every day straight on it <laughs> i mean i'm posting every day it's to, obviously it's managed this season to get past tw- 20k followers, which obviously I'm really chuffed with. Um, and obviously now the Twitter page is starting to not, not obviously it's not as prominent as my Instagram, but it's starting to build up more because obviously I've got people that do that page. So obviously I don't have to rely on that. And obviously the people that work on there, which I mentioned before, do a really good job. So my main aim probably for next year is obviously I'll keep the Instagram going, obviously that's going well, but I'd like Twitter to start to, I'd like to have an influence on Twitter and Instagram, obviously, together. Yeah, it's it, it's been really weird to me as a running the, the podcast, as the podcast, there's a, there's a Twitter account, there's an Instagram account, and they are two very different accounts. They operate very, very differently, even though I'm the same person and I run them both. Like something that, that people like to interact with on Twitter doesn't necessarily do the same thing on Instagram. Uh, things that do really well on Instagram seem to uh, not do as well on Twitter or Facebook. And it's just um, trying to keep that in mind when you're posting stuff, trying to find time to do all of that. It uh, it can get overwhelming. And I've made a big kind of switch, uh, I guess, middle of this year to to just try to spend less time staring at the screen and worrying about it. And um, it, it's been a little bit different, but it, it is a, it, it's a challenge because there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people. Um, posting and, and a lot of people show up and they start posting and then they go away. And that's, that's difficult as well. Uh, just to know, you know, you constantly get asked for shout outs because your page is so big. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, you have people who, you know, shout me out and give me followers and, you know, they have a post and it's something you actually posted before. Uh, that's my favorite. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I think you, you can, the, the same thing goes is, uh, you know, you post a picture of, of Fran Benali or a picture of just a, a random training shot. And a lot of times that'll do better than uh, some of the match day stuff that we do. And and that's the stuff that takes uh, a lot of time, you know. And so it's just it's just different and weird. And, and it's it's fun to do no matter what. It's not just about uh, you know likes, but it's about uh, engagement with with the, the listeners and, and the, the viewers and stuff like that. So uh, I know we're both always trying to figure out ways to get people more involved because we want to hear their opinions. I think that's why we do it. Yeah. And obviously we've been, uh, sorry, with Twitter, I don't obviously run that as well. So obviously it's different people anyway, because obviously the other people that do Twitter don't interact with people as much as I do. If they listen, I'm sorry about that lads, but you don't, but, <laughs> but yeah, but I do more interaction on Instagram with people. I, I try and reply to comments uh, and I do this. And obviously if I go on Twitter, like I said, I, 
I do bits if they're not there or someone's busy. I so I sort of use that as my. I mean, I usually jump in if needed. If that makes sense, I've just different for me anyway. So if I'm on, I said Instagram, I'm obviously it's just me. So I try and interact with people. But then obviously when I'm on Twitter, I just go on there, add a bit of news, then come off again. So it's like two different roles for me in a sense. Sure. And and for what if people don't know, uh, on a match day, generally the Twitter account is a place you can follow along on a mat for a match. Uh, stay up to date with things if you're not able to be near a radio if you're not able to to listen in or you're not at the stadium uh you can get that stuff and and uh both both accounts have stuff posted on them uh every day at least and and most times if, if there's news coming out it's 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 there as well so uh yeah that's that's why that's i mean that's the main way i use the, the twitter account is to follow along on news because i don't um necessarily want to follow fifteen thousand accounts and get the same news a bunch of times so i find the one that i trust and i go with it so uh and i would say that even if you weren't you know the partners with the show but but yeah um i don't know man so like for you over the summer what what, do you take a break do you just i mean this is my least favorite time of the year i've said it a thousand times as soon as the transfer window opens i will be um miserable because i i I hate the speculation, but I realize it's part of it and I should just stop complaining about it. But I don't want to, and the, the problem is, is I get really interested in what's happening and, and I want to figure out if it's, are we getting this guy and how much time do I put into looking him up and, and figuring it out um, for, uh, you know, something that, that somebody had a dream about and now they're, they're posting about it on social media and now everybody's in an uproar. But for you, I mean, what, what does the summer look like for you in terms of, uh, in terms of running the pages? Um, well, I think Twitter will go on anyway because, as I said, the lads are the lads there like to continue that. So I'd, I'd probably expect Twitter not to have a break. Myself on Instagram, I think I'm going to have a thing. Is it's tough really because I was reading online that the transfer window opens in four days' time. So I mean, the rumours start pretty far. So I probably, I probably what I'll probably have a, a week's break or something because obviously, if there's a transfer, and obviously with Ralph stating at the end of his press conference, sorry, his, his talk with Solent, he wants to get his signings done pretty quick, so I would expect it to get quite busy. So it'll probably be a, probably a week break, mate. It probably might not even get any if the news comes out quite quick. So, so yeah, so I might try and have a little one if possible. Yeah, well, well Saints didn't waste any time. You know, uh, final match yesterday, less than 24 hours later, uh, new sponsor announced. Um, and all of a sudden, it feels like, like things are moving forward, which is good because... Typically, we've waited. I mean, think of the Danny Ings transfer last year. It was the last day of the transfer window. Um, so for us to get things done early, uh, that would be that would be nice. Um, and then maybe that stops the speculation. But, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> all things yeah. should be go back to to that to that stopping. But um, I don't know. Like the the season in and of itself. Like the the ending to yesterday. Ralph mentioned it during his his kind of talk. It was it was kind of typical of our season where we, we created chances, but couldn't finish. Uh, we got ahead. We lost a lead through an individual error. Um, and, and that kind of just sums up how things have gone for us. But uh, for you, I, I guess is the season now, like how do you view the season? Cause it, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, maybe it's wrong to say it was successful because, you know, 16th uh, with the squad that we have, uh, with with a manager, I think as good as we have, that's not necessarily great. Um, I wrote in the newsletter last week that it, as much as 
the feeling around saints has changed as good as I feel about, about Ralph and uh, when we're not, I mean, he's not my friend. I probably should call him Hassan Hoodle, but as, as good as I feel about Hassan Hoodle and what he's done, saints have never been above 15th since he took over. And, and so for you, for me looking at the season, it's, it's there, there's still a lot of, of questions I have, even though it all feels really good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thing is, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't class the season as successful because I don't think us finishing 16th or is what we aim for as a club. It's, I mean, the start of the season wasn't the best. I mean, Ralph coming gave us a lift. There's been some good, I mean, the results have improved. Don't get me wrong, but it just proved to me. And exactly what I've been saying, this summer is crucial for the club because we've got to get it right on the pitch. Otherwise, like I said, because I said this last time when we obviously stayed up against Swansea, I don't want another relegation battle. I don't want to, and obviously we did, didn't we? We, we, we were in a relegation yeah. battle again. And and, that, and I'm going to say it again, I don't want another one next season. So, but I, that's why this summer is crucial that we get things sorted because I said that despite like the manager coming in and he's done a great job like so the problems are still there losing from winning positions um the, the defensive mistakes sometimes a lack of goals in games do you know what I mean so it's there is still problems there but obviously it's not fixed overnight but this summer is the reason why we need to get recruitment spot on and we need to get players out at the same time which is not easy because there's a lot of players there on a lot of money yeah it's it's it is there's a lot to do for the for the club yeah, definitely. It's just like I said, it depends on. I said the. It just needs to be. That's why I like Ralph saying it needs to be done early because the sooner it's done, the sooner we can get ready for preseason. Because I want us ready for preseason with signings and and whatnot. Yeah, I, I I think that it's going to be crucial, especially if you look at the way Ralph wants the team to play. That if somebody's going to come in, they need to have a full preseason in order to be completely ready because. Otherwise, I, the the energy if the energy is not there and the commitment's not there, or you know, look at look at Danny Ings is is the the fitness is a concern if if you're not ready and he's definitely keeps himself in good shape. It's just your body will break down under this kind of stress, and it's 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 just part of how how it works. And uh, you've even seen other other teams that play this style have to adapt how they go. You look at Pochettino at Spurs, like. Um, you look at the number of injuries they've sustained uh, over this season. Uh, you look at Klopp. You look at the way that he's kind of altered his game this, this season. So the the success can still be there, but you do have to uh, kind of manage things a little bit differently uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna go about that. But um, let's let's step aside from from before we jump into the game. Let's step aside and just uh, you know the news came out this morning. Literally, I saw it about a half hour before we got on that that Saints had started. Uh, uh, or, or signed or, or whatever agreed to a new uh, kit sponsorship deal. The uh, Virgin Media will be the sleeve sponsor, um, and it looks like LD Sports, which is a startup, uh, a Chinese startup, is going to be on the front of the shirt for the next three years. Club claiming it's the most lucrative deal. Uh, no numbers, as far as I know, have been released. But um, I mean, you can Google it. I can Google it, and uh, you know, not much comes up because the company. Hasn't launched yet. No, because when I, well, no, because I tried this morning. And all I get is JD Sports, which obviously isn't uh, LD Sports. So, so yeah. So no, I don't really know about. Well, originally, I thought it was something to do with Lander, obviously Gal's company, but it's been obviously been reported elsewhere. That it's not to do with him. So, 
Yeah, and also I don't really know much about the company. I don't know if they, how obviously the deal was supposed to be the best. Obviously, it'll be better than what Virgin Media did for us, but I don't know how much that impacts us in the future, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is really kind of concerning because LD Sports is a brand new sports content marketing and entertainment platform. Well, uh, if you're a sports content marketing and entertainment platform, I should be able to find you. Um, mm. that otherwise, you're not marketing much, but it is going to be launching this, this, this summer. And I think that the biggest concern for me is uh, I live in California. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I am some sort of tech entrepreneur and I'm not, but I've seen enough that, that a lot of startups don't last three years. That's they, they it, it just doesn't happen. So uh, I am a little bit worried that we signed a three year deal, but in three years there may not be an LD sports. Um, maybe they sell to somebody because they get big enough or, um, maybe the company just goes away because it fails and that's all possible. But, um, it, it, my, my thinking through it and me trying to be somewhat positive for it is that it's not a betting company. And so I think that's, that's going to be good for some people. And it seems like the club was a little leery of, of going that way. Uh, which personally, uh, I'm happy with my gambling is, is something that, uh, plenty of people I know struggle with. And so to, to not have that on the front of the shirt is good. Um, for me at least, uh, it is lucrative, I guess, so that that'll be good. And it's going to, the sponsorship is actually going to run all the way down through the, the ranks and it'll be on the under 23s and under 18s, which is good. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot made of the fact that it's a Chinese brand. For me, I mean, you look at the number of people in China and from, from Gao's perspective, he doesn't have to grab a huge share of the Chinese market to, to watch Southampton for that to be lucrative for him. You know, there's so many people there that, um, any small kind of percentage is going to, is going to make up for, uh, monetarily, um, it's going to account for a, a much larger share than if you get the same percentage of, of English fans. And, uh, I don't think that necessarily Southampton is, is growing in, in the UK. You know, I think that, that maybe that, that that's part of it. Um, but I don't know, I, I could be completely wrong and I, I don't know what it's going to mean for for you know people who live in, in in Southampton in terms of I don't I can't see a lot of people making the trip over from China to to watch the team um and and really how much does does kit sales in and of itself really really account for uh for the money that we that we generate you know like I think the more more so if you show up to a match day you went yesterday you buy a coke or a hot dog or a pie or a beer or whatever it is and pretty soon you're you've you've spent more than just buying a kit and you want that to happen 18 times or 19 times a season, not, you know, some dude in China bought a kit once and that's it. That's the affiliation with the team. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. Well, yeah, because I think that's what the aim is. I think he's trying to get us marketed in China, but it's obviously when you're, it's not just us trying to get marketed in China. If you think about it, obviously in the past, I think Man United have done stuff over there. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, which I might be wrong with some of them, but I know in the past, and when you're trying to compete with them, a Southampton compared to them isn't going to get the revenue. But he's maybe thinking he's got a market where the club could get looked at by more Chinese people. But obviously, like you said, it's one of them, because we don't know much about it, it's hard to comment positive or negatively on it, really. No, and I guess, I mean, I've been proven wrong before, but you know, you try to see it what it is for the best, I guess, and you just, you just hope. But my I think my one concern is is any startup is going to be a little bit dicey because you don't know if they're going to be around. Um, that's 
that that's my I, I'll st- I'll stop there in terms of, of of criticism or anything like that, and we'll just have to see uh, how it goes. And um, you know, there's some talk online about the way that sponsorship's going to look on the shirt. Um, not sure that a blue and and white logo looks great on a red and white striped shirt. So we'll have to see what the club go with uh, uh, there. I mean, that that logo would have looked really nice on the yellow and blue away away kit for this year, um, which I think. Virgin had a real issue with because of the way their logo looked on it. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll deal with that when it comes out because until then there's really no use, but I, I think it deserved a mention a mention here, but um, getting back to yesterday, uh, you know, it's it, the team that played away at West Ham was not the strongest team. It was a chance for, for some people to get a run out. Uh, we talked about that last week on the show, but this week, um, I think that the starting lineup is as good as we can get given who's injured and who's available. Um, but, but what did you make of it? Yeah, I agree with the uh, point you made about the lineup. Because um, obviously after the West Ham game, it wasn't the best. Obviously, I know he was giving opportunities to people and Ralph obviously thought that was going to work. But listening to him after the West Ham result, it was obvious this squad was going to be much better. Obviously, he entrusted in bringing Gunn back in, which obviously... Yeah, I was good at the time, but um, yeah, and then obviously he's bringing other players back in. I think he brought back in Redmond, Ward Prowse, I think. Yeah, he brought in. Anyway, the squad was as good as it could be. Obviously, he didn't have Vestergaard, Yoshida. Um, obviously, so he bring in all the players he could have available to him. And like you said, probably the best squad available to him at that time. Yeah, I mean, people are always going to complain about Jack Stevens. This this is something that he's been that people have been complaining about for for several weeks now. And every time he comes into the squad, which he hasn't played well enough, so I, I'm not gonna not gonna you know be upset about people doing that. But um, I don't know. Overall, it, it, a back four, a, a chance to see something a, a little bit new, maybe try some things out for next season. Uh, Valerie Bertrand, Stevens, Benrack uh, across the back, Romeu and Hoiberg kind of sitting a little bit deeper. Uh, Ward Prowse, Redmond, and then Ings and Long, and um, you know, think about back to September, October, even into November, December. If anybody has Long in the starting lineup, people are upset. Um, but he's done well recently. He was hooked off at halftime yesterday as we went back to a a, a back three with Bertrand shifting into the left side of a back three and Target coming in. But um, you know, overall, I don't think there's too many complaints. Um, but again. The, the team didn't really perform uh, to the level that you would have expected. You would have expected a little bit more. And really, the only real person uh, doing anything yesterday uh, for large parts of the game was was Nathan Redmond. Yeah, and obviously that showed why he was obviously the uh, player of the season. That Obviously, the goal he scored yesterday, I had a great view of it. And it was such a, such a brilliant goal. And it just showed how much effort and he's put into this year. And like I said, obviously, there's people out there and I wasn't going to mention it, that seemed to not like Redmond no matter what he does. But if, he, if that person watches how Redmond plays yesterday, then, yeah, that's why he's good. Well, <laughs> there are some people who have made up their minds about things and they refuse to to change them. And, and it, it, may, it upsets me sometimes because I think there's there are certain elements of of, of Twitter and, and, and certain people on Twitter that, that uh, it just they border on things that I don't want to discuss really. They, they border on things that just, they're, they're looking to, to wind people up and they're looking to, to just bring people down. And it's not, it's not something that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in really engaging in because they're not there to actually have a conversation. They're just there to, to, 
to see what they can they can get a reaction out of people. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, but yeah, some people, uh, if if basically if you're watching Nathan Redman, um, and you aren't convinced that he has both improved and that he has talent and that he has the potential to grow more, then I don't think you're actually watching. I think you just you you have your mind made up and. The truth is people get better and worse over time and uh, you have to be able to, to judge them on that. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's, that's where we stand on that. And uh, I don't know. I was pretty impressed with, with Redmond yesterday. Um, I think as everybody should have been what, who, I, who I wasn't impressed with though. Um, Danny Ings, not, not a great day for him. Looked like he really lacked confidence in, in, in a number of ways. Um, you sitting in this, in the seat where you were, uh, you would have seen him kind of fail to get the ball onto his 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 favorite uh, foot several times to taking extra taking extra touches, getting the ball taken off of him. Um, frustrating for me from my perspective, but for, in the stands, like what was the what was the sentiment around around him yesterday? Well, the thing was with um, Ings was this. It sort of sums up his well, not sums up because I don't want to be too critical on him because I, like I said I. I think he's still got a lot of work left. There's still a lot of work in him that he can improve on. But yeah, yesterday just I think summed up the obviously he's not scored since December, um, and you can tell that because yesterday Redmond really tried to set him up. Obviously there was one setup he put it across the as I think what you just mentioned across the box to him, and he just couldn't get his feet feet behind the ball, um, and you could tell when he. You know, obviously he was dragged off. Not sorry, not dragged off. Taken off. You could tell he wasn't happy, and obviously the the crowd were really appreciative of him. And obviously everyone does sees him and see him as one of our own. So obviously everyone's trying to stick behind him. And the thing is, it has made me learn a little bit of a lesson because obviously when I look at people like that, you think all they need is one moment and they'll change their their whole time. Do you know what I mean? Obviously like Redmond, everyone used to go on about him. He's one player of the season. Why not next season, Danny? Things with Danny, he has a good preseason. The injuries disappear, and he starts to score goals. And I mean, he had a good. I mean, he was one of our top scorers this season. So I, can't, do you know what I mean, we, he's he's got the goals there. But the the thing for me with him is it's the injuries. Once he gets them out of his game, which is obviously when you're someone that's injured like that or has had injured two massive injuries in your past, it is a tough one. But you could just tell yesterday that that he just looked. Do you know what I mean? He just had that look of I don't know what the right word is. He just had that look. Do you know what I mean? Where I don't know what the right word is on that, but he just had that look about him when he came off yesterday that he wasn't happy where he, where he's at at the moment. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's where Hassan Hoodle can make the difference. Is when he comes off and he looks like that. You, I would be. I would be upset a little bit if if he came off and he's high fiving everybody and he's super happy because he didn't have a great game and and as a professional, um, you know you got to hold yourself to a pretty high standard and and not not playing well means you know I need to do better. Uh, but he didn't come off and look like he was going to go sulk and feel sorry for himself. So I think I think that's that that that's good. And I also think that Ralph's going to you know grab him you know put him in a headlock or or whatever or just give him a hug and say look you know we know you can do this. We know that you're fighting against your your body that is kind of failing you, but you're. I mean, what are we paying for for him? Eighteen, twenty million? Like he's ours. Yeah, and yeah. He, and that comes to place, obviously. Uh, get, is it first of July? I think is it? Yeah. 
wrong. But yeah, that deal comes into so it'd be a permanent signing anyway. So like I said, it'd be his prerogative to get better. Yeah, and and I and I, I don't think there are very many people who don't want him around. I think there are a lot of people though who are worried about his his injury record, especially playing under this style of football, which is not uh, the style of football that he was signed. Uh, you know, when when Hughes got him in. I'm not, I don't think it was a huge signing, but I think that it was, uh, you know, you look at the way we were playing, we needed that type of, uh, type of a guy and, and I don't know how his body's going to hold up, but, um, I mean that, that leads us to maybe needing another striker in, in the window. And I think that's, that's a totally valid, uh, argument. I think there's a good chance that Austin is gone, uh, or he's at least been allowed to leave. So I think that that'll be good. And I think Ings will, will come alive. And uh, as you mentioned, Ings is, you know, a near the, t- the top of our goal scoring, uh, you know, charts for the season. I think Redmond may have overtaken him overall with the goal yesterday. Um, these are things I should check before we start recording. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch up and, and, and figure it out. But, you know, it, it's just the fact that he hasn't scored this calendar year that, that is, that is worrying, but he's also missed a lot of time through injury. And to, to, to be honest, like, Saints have have found other places to get goals from, which we've always said we needed. Uh, but now we got to start getting them from up top again. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the goals from other players have helped the cause, and probably not been made the news on things that bad. Obviously, because people like Ward Prowse, obviously, as you said, Shane Long started scoring. Redmond, um, obviously, Valerie pops up with a couple of goals. Do you know what I mean? So people don't think about it. But obviously, now the season's over. People are like thinking, hold on a minute. So, I mean, next season, we need more goals up top. Like you said, Austin, I'm convinced he's going. Cause I don't know if you saw his Twitter post yesterday, basically saying thank... Oh, well, he, he put up a thank you, obviously, to the kit man. So, I think there's a little... I think he's getting ready to depart. So, we might even have a club. Because I think he'd done a post the day before saying about being in... Oh, I, can't, I think it was... He put a post about something, about a new challenge or something. I don't know if you saw that. He put a picture up of himself. I don't know if you saw that. But The only challenge I see him accepting is getting that hair color changed, but that's that's different. Yeah, I, think that was, I think that's ready for his interviews in the summer, I think. I don't know. If that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make himself look a bit younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So... Uh, just jumping back to the to the goal stats. If you if you go Premier League goals only, Ings is our top goal scorer with seven. Uh, overall, Redmond has nine. Um, that's not a lot, but uh, if if you go overall, Redmond is near the top of every offensive category. So uh, we'll I'll, I'll take that as as more evidence that that he is really working well. Uh, and if you go to 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 league stuff, just the Premier League. Um, you know, goals is Ings, shots on target is Ings, chances created is Redmond. Um, Hoiberg makes the most passes, but we won't talk about where all those go. Uh, a lot more of them have been forward this year versus previous seasons uh, under under people who weren't Hassenhudel. So that's so that's that's good. But um, I don't know. Before we we get too far away from this, is there anything in the game yesterday that really stood out? Uh, I, I thought Redmond's performance was really good. We talked about that. We talked about Ings. Um, do we need to talk about Gunn's mistake? Uh, does that does that lead to something? Because that was, uh, I mean, to, to be quite honest, we we should have just dealt with Huddersfield, um, and I don't think it was complacency on our part. I but definitely since we got safety, since we clinched safety, since whatever, however you want to say it, um, since we secured Premier League football for next season, the energy hasn't been there, and that's a little bit worrying. But it's also very understanding because the guys have been beat down for uh, you know 
almost an entire year of just kind of being stuck in this, uh, you know, trying to go forward and can't get it done. Um, and, and now, uh, they, they get to the final day of the season. They want to put on a good show, but it just doesn't click for them that day. And, and we wind up, uh, with a draw, but, um, gun guns mistake. It was, it was bad. There's no, I don't think there's any hiding it. Well, the thing that, like I said, I was literally, unfortunately, I was, it was right in front of me because obviously where my seat was, I could see gun literally right in front of me. And I saw him with the ball and I said to a friend next to me, I think he's going to lose it. I think he's going to lose it. And then all of a sudden, the problem was, I think uh, if, if there is any defense for it, I think gun thought he had more time than he originally planned because he got onto his foot and then he ha- had hold of it and the Huddersfield player was right. And I thought, He's going to lose this. So I think the problem with Gunn is, but even Ralph said it after the game, that he's still got a lot of work he's doing. So, and so, I mean, it's that's the thing. Our keepers, if you think about it, our keepers have not a problem position because obviously you think that it's changed. Obviously, we've had McCarthy. We've had Gunn, obviously, forced to come in. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not really looking at it as him fighting for the number one. But, you know, we've changed keepers. It seems... Next, and I don't know if you're the same as me, but it makes me think we're still not sure who will be number one next season because that, you know what I mean? I'm not sure that confirms it for me. I'm not sure about you. So uh, I know that uh, Adam Leach had mentioned that in training, uh, the way everybody talks about training, um, Forrester looks the best out of anybody in training. Uh, that, that he far and away looks like the best keeper we have in training. That said, he doesn't he still lacks confidence when it comes to the games um and and he you know his fall from grace was so bad gone from um i i clearly remember talking with joe hart struggling a couple of seasons ago um forster was in line to be england's number one he was our number one he was having a great season he signed that big long contract uh had the injury came back was fighting for it and then it just never really happened and then the confidence went he couldn't get down to say to, to block low shots and, and, you know, people piled in on him and, and, and he kind of disappeared for a year. Um, you came back in. It's hard to say he had a good game against West Ham allowing three goals, but I don't think all of them were his fault, but that's been, that's been kind of the situation with saints and, in, in, in recent seasons is that the, you know, we lose uh, the goalkeepers get blamed for goals, but uh, it, it's not always them yesterday. That's definitely Gunn's fault, but I think I think Gunn is going to be the goalkeeper of the future, and I think it's between Forster and McCarthy to uh, decide who's who's going to be the number two. McCarthy had a brief spell as number one, um, but I, I think honestly, I think Forster has a has a more likely chance of sticking around simply because of the contract that he's on. It's going to be difficult to find somebody to to take that off of him, and I think therefore it's easier to move McCarthy on. Um, because the 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 contract that he's on is is more manageable in terms of other teams looking for him, so it's going to be. Uh, I think that's going to be it. It's not going to make people happy, I don't think, but uh, I think that'll be that'll be what happens. I think Gunn will be the number one uh, for the next couple of seasons because that's that's why you buy a young keeper like that. And I think those are the things you learn from. Um, and you know, just luckily we were already safe, and he wasn't learning that lesson and costing us. Uh, you know. Uh, going down to the championship and, and having his old club um, or the club he's on loan with it last year uh, come back up and in, in, in without him. Yeah, so I mean, but obviously it's not just it's not just the keepers. I think obviously the defense is the problem as well because obviously at the moment, well, the season ended with Stevens and Bednar. Obviously the defense did get solid when Vestergaard 
when, when Ralph did the Vestergaard, Yoshi, the Bednar, I thought that was pretty strong with obviously Valerie on the right, Bertram on the left. So obviously that hasn't helped as well. So that's why, but that's another reason why in the summer we need to reinforce that centre back position because we need to think if we do lose, like I said, of, of Yoshi and Vestergaard, we unfortunately, like I said, I, was, I don't mean to keep going on about him, but Jack Stevens for me just isn't good enough. But the reason he's being played is because we haven't got that depth. Obviously, if you go past Stevens, there's the youngster Alfie Jones, and then there's another. I can't. I think is Ralph's compatriot. The uh, is it Clara? Clara? Some. That's another one. But we can't. But Ralph's probably thinking. I don't want to bring Alfie Jones into the mix. So obviously Stevens is basically. Obviously, there's Bednarak, who we know quality performer week in week out. But Stevens isn't that quality performer. But he has to play him with the situation he's in. Yeah, and I mean, worst case scenario, we can do what we did yesterday, which is put Bertrand at the left of a back three, which I don't think is bad. Um, but I think then you are short of options uh, out wide. And if we play this uh, three five two, which we went to yesterday in the, in the second half, um, I think that means that you you're going to need extra extra wing backs because you can't you can't just rely on Target and Valerie to stay fit the the whole season. Um, you get into those some of those things where you have, you know, even early rounds of the EFL or the FA Cup where you're playing, uh, you know, three games in seven days or or even just two games in a week, a couple of weeks in a row. Um, you know, your legs are going to go at some point. That that just is is the is what happens, and so you're going to need some sort of cover there at, at some point. And you know, we've we've seen people try to put Sam McQueen there. We've seen people try to play JWP out wide right, and um, I think I think that the the midfield we have needs to stay the way it is and not have people be moved out of position because I think that's where, um, you know, you can get by with it uh, in, a, in, a, in a pinch, but it shouldn't be the plan going into a season. No, and obviously, as you said, Bertrand was used in that left centre-back position under Koeman a few years back, I think. Um, and obviously, he'd obviously bring, he'd done that yesterday. I don't know if it changed the game yesterday, but when he'd done that, it sort of did change because obviously I'm guessing Long either come off with an injury or Ralph felt because it was 1-0 maybe try and keep it I don't know what because obviously I never heard if Long was injured because obviously for him to come off at half time either he was injured or Ralph wasn't impressed with him I don't know what was the reason for that at half time I still haven't heard yet what the reason was either I think it could be a number of things and, and, and part of it could just be you know we didn't really create that many chances in the first half in that 4-2-2-2 system um, and, and so because of that, you think traditionally this season, we've been much better with a back three. We've looked more solid in a back three. So you, you switch to that. Um, you get some width on the pitch in terms of push Valerie up, uh, you push target up a little bit. Um, and you have, uh, what, what should be a more defensively solid unit with a one nil, uh, lead. You push Redmond further up the pitch It all. It all seems to work. And yesterday we just didn't. Uh, in the second half, Huddersfield really, uh, I think for large portions of it, had had the better of it, which isn't something that I would have expected. Uh, it's not something that I was happy with, but it is the last game of the season and there are a lot of other factors that that, that play into it. So um, I think that was the most shocking thing for me yesterday was just how vulnerable we looked with the back three. But I think that just points to the fact that we, we definitely need a new center back. Uh, we need some cover out wide for the fullbacks. Um, and I think, like we said, we need patience with Ings, but we also need somebody to replace Austin and uh, potentially uh, somebody to, this sounds maybe bad, but somebody to, 
to take Ings' place and have Ings replace Austin, have Ings be the guy that comes on or, or can play up top, but doesn't have to be everything. No, I do agree with the um, statement a little bit on that one, but it's Long's situation is still an interesting one because he's got a year and a half left on his, so I don't know if he will be someone that will... Not that that's the reason he went off yesterday because he's leaving. I don't think it's that, but obviously with his age, he's 32, is it 32 now? And obviously he's got a year, so I'm not sure if Ralph's thinking... Because obviously despite his goals, Ralph might go, well, I might... So I mean, Ings might step up and, and not play Long, but then he might think, I'll keep Long for another seat, like give him another contract. So I think Long's situation is interesting. I mean, I don't know what you think about Long on that one, but I said he could leave this summer as well, depending on what Ralph thinks. Well, I mean, I, I made the point earlier that sometimes people get better. And we need to give them credit for that and realize that people can can grow and adapt and things like that. But also we we get really, really focused on on short term changes and him scoring, you know, a couple of goals in quick succession doesn't necessarily mean that he is the 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 person we need up top. I think his work rate means a lot. I think the way he runs means a lot. It wins people over like me. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I think he fits Hassan Hoodle's system. But I'm, I think I would rather him stay than Austin, honestly, um, just because I know we can set him out there um, in the 75th minute and he can go create a, a bunch of havoc as, as teams are trying to, to come forward. He's an outlet on the counter. Um, and I think that all of that's great. And do I want him starting every week? No. Um, so I, I would rather him stay along. Um, I'm not sure the money you're going to get for him uh, right now, but maybe maybe if you get rid of him now, this is the last chance for you to actually get anything for him because once he's 33 or 34, nobody's paying money for him and he'll be at the end of a contract. And I don't really see us, uh, you know, giving him a, a big long ex- extension. Um, but I think he definitely has earned at least the the right to to be in contention for a spot in the squad, even if it's not in the starting eleven. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I would. I mean, I've been up and down on him and I probably would give him one more season. But like I said, it's just all I would say is I suppose if there's an option, if this, I don't know if this is going to come across right, an option to get someone that would be a long replacement, like does the work rate, obviously with the goals, then they might, so I mean, he might opt for, to say, like you said, look at this as the last chance to sell him. He scored a couple of goals, you know what I mean? And the club might go, oh, actually, we'll take him now. Or like you said, they'll offer him another chance. If you can, but um, my view is, if you could find someone that he wants, I mean, like a, a long but younger, then he might opt for that. But then it's uh, whatever way Ralph decides. I think it will be the right way in his mind. Yeah, and ultimately that's what we need is we need people who are willing to work with Ralph and that Ralph, you know, feels he can work with. And if you you can't find that. Uh, then, then I think you'll be in uh, a little bit of trouble. But I think Long is definitely one of those guys who just puts his head down and does the work, whatever the manager tells him. And I think that that goes a long way. I I have a lot more time for people like that than people who are on their their kind of own agenda, which we have some of those as well. Um, and some of them are out on loan. And um, you know, we we spoke a little bit earlier about needing a center back. Um, I, just to to clarify, like I, we didn't forget about Wesley Hood. I just don't think either of us. Uh, from talking to you personally, I uh, don't think either of us feel that he's, he's the guy to come back and do that. Um, you know, if you look at other guys on loan, we have Guido Carrillo. I uh, also don't think he's the guy to come in and, and do that. 
it may work out though that we have him in the squad next season. But if we went into the, uh, if we went into the next season and our three forwards were Danny Ings, Guido Carrillo, and 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 Shane Long, I'd be upset. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be happy with that as a that that's not a great starting place um, because I just don't think that's going to get it done and. I'd have a really hard time. I think Saints fans would have a really hard time. And that would be one of those things where I could say, yeah, like now I am not going to criticize anybody for complaining because this is 100% like, you know, not enough. But um, I also can't really see us selling him on. Uh, I don't know who's going to, unless we take a loss and maybe we do. And that's, and that's, that's another way. That's might be another thing to, to look at. Yeah. Well, obviously with the people, I mean, that's, that's decisions in themselves. I mean, we've got Geordie Classy coming back, which I know that's, Looking certain because I think he's fallen out with the manager at Feyenoord, so he'll be back. Um, obviously Wesley, yeah, I don't. Uh, to be fair, I, I mean, I mean, I don't really want to see him in the same show again, and I don't think Ralph does. I mean, he made his points clear that he wasn't the centre back that fits his style. Uh, obviously, Buffel, another one. He's a lot of people said they want him back, but a lot of people said get rid. Um, as you mentioned with Creo, um, I. He sort. I don't think he would suit what Ralph would want. He reminds me a little bit, and not obviously. I'm not saying they're the same players, but like an Austin. So I don't think Creo would fit that. And I think with now Pellegrino signing a contract with, I can't. I can't say the name. Lagunas. I think like Lagunas. that. I could imagine something happening there. Like I don't know whether another loan deal maybe or I can't. Like you said, I can't see them paying because I think they're. A small, well, being rude. Obviously, we're a small club as well, as in size. But I don't think they'd pay the wages we'd want for right. him. So it might be another a case of another loan deal next season for him there. Yeah, the best thing about that club is the fact that I think their mascot is a giant cucumber. Um, <laughs> that's yes. <laughs> uh, that's it. That, that that other than that, I don't think there's there's much to offer there. But but yeah, I don't I don't see them coming in and giving us um, you know fifteen or sixteen million for him. That's just not. I don't think that's in their transfer budget. Um, and it, it's really interesting. You start looking around at, at uh, what other teams rely on um, other leagues outside the top, uh, outside of England, uh, the TV revenue is not nearly uh, what it is. And just as a, like I pay, I pay, I think $60 a year to get NBC sports gold, which means that I can watch, you know, pretty much between that and a, and, a, and a standard cable package, you can pretty much watch every Premier League game. Uh, they're all on demand. It's it's great, but for five dollars a month, uh, I get ESPN Plus, which is is different. And in addition to basketball and uh, hockey and uh, a, a volleyball, which my wife watches, which is really the reason we have it, um, you get thrown in with all of those things. Um, the Italian League, the Dutch League, uh, the EFL Cup, the FA Cup, uh, all three, uh, the top three divisions of, of U.S. soccer. So th- you just look at, at what I pay. I pay $60 for one, and then I pay, f- I pay basically $60 again for year-round coverage of, of everything that's not the English Premier League or, or uh, the French League or... La Liga. So it's the, the TV revenue is just not there for these other places. And, and so for them to come in and, and ask them to pay that for, for Guido Carrillo, like n- this isn't a charity organization. Nobody's doing that, you know? No. And obviously like I said, the money we paid for him, obviously at the time was ridiculous uh, uh, to be honest. And obviously 
I'm not saying the bloke's a bad guy, and he, I'm sure he's a great guy to have, but it was, sadly, another waste of money in terms of, obviously, we got he was signed for Pellegrino, which everyone was like, yeah, Pellegrino signing all round. Obviously, he didn't do the job. Obviously, we got rid of him quite quickly, and obviously, I said, we'll be looking to get rid of him. And that sort of, it sort of reminds me of the situation we've got with... Um, Elanusi as well because obviously he was I don't know obviously I don't know if we mentioned it but he was left out of the squad completely on the last day so I think his future is looking like another one we're going to have to take another loss on I think because obviously he was missing completely wasn't he yeah on the yesterday yeah it's uh, we have a I wrote about it a little bit in the the season summary that I wrote up for uh, Prost International uh, last week and it, it we are going to have a tough time dealing with some of those contracts and some of those players that we signed um, in Les Reed's kind of final six to nine months, uh, maybe even 18 months. Uh, and it, it, it puts the club in a, in, a, in a rough spot, especially when you consider the fact that we're not spending money unless we sell first. And so uh, we, we tied ourselves to long-term contracts. You think of Forrester, you think of uh, some of the big money we've spent on guys uh, that are out on loan now and that we can't get people to take because we just, it's not like we pay um, extreme wages to these guys. We we're not paying these guys 300 grand a week. Um, but for a lot of places around the world, 80 grand a week, 60 grand a week, that's a lot of money. And uh, their stars are not earning that much. So they're definitely not going to pay that much for our squad players, you know? Um, so it, it's going to take some time to kind of undo that. And uh, we'll just have to see kind of, kind of how it goes. But um, do, do you have any final thoughts on the on the game yesterday or anything like that before we move towards answering a couple of, of listener questions and wrapping this up? Um, no, I just think, like I said, I just think uh, time to put a line under the season, I think, as a whole. It, like I said, it wasn't our best season. Um, there's, there's more, I, I don't know what I'm trying to think of the right way there, there's more reasons to be optimistic, I think, than there was maybe last. Well, no, to be fair, we stayed up and everyone thought we were going to have a good season. But this season... Obviously, it's the summer. The thing is, the better re- the better answer would be is after the summer's done, see where we are when the transfer window closes, see who we've brought and see who's gone. Then you would probably think, I mean, because this summer, like I said, it's crucial for me in the sense of Ralph getting players in, players going out. Um, obviously, what happens with loan players? So it's for me, it just depends on how the summer goes. If obviously it doesn't go as well as we want, we don't get rid of who we want to get rid of or we don't get in who we want or we're stuck with players, then like you said, we could have another situation. So it's really dependent on how it goes from here until the start of the season, really. Yeah. I think that, that Ralph has done almost as much as he can with the squad that he has. Um, He basically doubled Mark Hughes's points per game rate with the exact same players with actually getting rid of, with with fewer players, getting rid of players. Um, And, that in and of itself, that's what Ralph can do. But if we stay where we're at, if we don't, in terms of the squad, if we don't improve the squad, if we don't add to the squad, I can't really see us moving any really anywhere up the table very far, you know? Um, and that is, that is concerning because we have seen the tendency to, to, to not get the players in that we need. And so it's going to take some work in the transfer window, like we said, and uh, we, we have a, a question on that. So we'll, we'll go ahead and move towards that now. And uh, just a reminder, you can always submit your questions on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can email them to the show at Southampton Delivery 
patreon.com. We'll answer a Patreon question in just a minute as Patreons get priority for having their questions answered on the show, in addition to getting access to a private chat and getting a bonus podcast per month. Um, but first, before we do that, uh, Kurt Zottel sent this in. He says, we need to sign some players in the summer. Uh, some players you want us to target. Also, what positions do we need to target? Um, in terms of people, I, I don't know. But uh, in terms of positions, uh, I would say center back, uh, forward, and uh, potentially right back cover. Um, think Jeremy P.A. type maybe, or because uh, Valerie's been good and he's got a lot of room to grow. And I think that's, I think that's what we want. Um, but uh, we, we maybe need uh, a, a Cuco Martina, a Jeremy PA, somebody that'll come in and just provide cover at that position. Um, but I don't know. What, what are you, what are you thinking in terms of, of players and, and positions? Yeah, I'm, I'd probably agree with all the positions you picked. I think center back. I said, we mentioned that earlier in the podcast, that was a key position right back for me. It showed when Valerie was injured, sorry, ill, that we missed him at right back. And obviously we had to, as you um, rightly said, we had to deploy Ward-Prowse at right wing back. And that's not what we want because that takes him out of his game. Um, so we need, I, I think you're right, right back cover, like a Jeremy Pierre sort of position. Um, I said, I think centre back and like, another, so I'd probably agree with all three. I think they're the, they're the key places for me this summer. All right. All right. Um, and now a question from a patron, Kevin McGee. And uh, as we're recording this, it is his birthday. So happy birthday, Kevin. Um, and uh, he's, he's been a patron of the show since kind of the very beginning. And it's, uh, it's nice to have his support and the support of everybody else. Um, and so Kevin's question is, how far away are we from being a decent top half team? How many changes do you think we need to make? And I think that outside of the top six, you start thinking of managers who are out there that I would rather have. Um, I can't think of very many. Uh, you know, Rafa Benitez always gets a lot of plaudits and, and he's earned them. Uh, do I necessarily want that style of football at St. Mary's? No. Um, but that, that he's a good manager. But you struggle to think of very many managers that inspire more confidence uh, in the team. Uh, then uh, those guys that are outside of maybe the top six or seven, I think that uh, that that Watford and Wolves have done a great job, and I think their managers have done a great job this season. But I, I'm pretty happy with Hassan Hoodle. So in terms of leadership, I think we're good. Um, I do think we lack a, a little bit of quality in the squad. But just a few seasons ago, Yoshida was the the third or fourth choice center back. Um, he starts, he gets in the team every single week now if he is healthy, and that. Maybe that just shows maybe either he's gotten a lot, lot better, which I think he has improved, but I'm not going to say he's, he's, he's basically a, you know, a premier league starter up and down, up and down the table. Um, so I, I definitely think that we are uh, just a few quality um, players um, away. And I, we have some leadership off the field. Uh, we have some leadership in midfield. I think Hoiberg's done a great job, but I don't really see a leader uh, on the back line. And that was one of the things I was worried about with Angus Gunn is, as a young keeper, will he do that? Uh, the guys from uh, from Norwich uh, thought Norwich. I think I have to say I say it correctly so I don't get corrected. Uh, Norwich um, said that, that he would be fine, and and I you know I'm not there to hear it, so I don't know. But uh, I think we definitely need a leader um, on the back line, and uh, we need somebody to score some goals. And I think that those things we've kind of talked about them over and over 
will will make the difference and, and really push us up the table. Well, the thing is, the that's been the question of us for years. Ever since, obviously, Van Dijk left for Liverpool, Fonte left for West Ham, we lost that defensive quality. And I, I agree with that argument on Yoshi, that he is a brilliant player to have around the squad. But he, unfortunately, he's not a top-class centre-back, never will be. And I'm not doing that as a... That's not a, me having a go at him. Cause he, do you know what I mean? He is a great... And when he's coming, he has been brilliant. But he's not, is he? Let's be honest, he's not the top-class centre-back. He isn't going to be up there with your... As I said, with Van Dijk. He's not going to be up there with Toby Ord or Al... You know, I struggle with his name. Um, like Vincent Company. He's not going to be a guy like that. That's why it shows... Like, when Koeman was up here, we had a team that could be in that. I mean, we finished sixth. So we can do it, but the, the problem is the ambition from the Koeman days with that team to now is not there. So until we get back to that point, we're not going to become a six-top team. And I'd love us to be up there with Wolves, Leicester. That's where, it's like a mini table, isn't it? There's the, the teams in seven, eight, that's where we should be, but we're not there. So we need to rebuild the team and then maybe not next season, maybe possibly the season after, if Ralph's still here, and I say that because we know what it's like with managers, then maybe we can get back. But we need a lot of work within the squad first before we can dream of top six. Yeah, and, and top six is a, is a big ask. I think that if you look at, at what happened when Kuman was around and we were pushing for that, um, you had teams that were having off years. You look at the the rebuilding project that kind of Liverpool was going through, and things like that. If, if you have somebody abdicate that, you look at Manchester United right now, by their standards, they're having a bad year. Um, and so they are struggling. So that's, that's the chance for one of those teams to get in there. But even so, like, you know, I, I don't think you'd say Arsenal had a terrible season. They have defensive issues and things like that, but they are still, you know, you look at the table and, and they are, you know, not, not that far above Manchester United. And, and it, I mean that, that, like you said, that, that top six is, is going to be tough to crack. Um, just even some of the money that is involved. Um, the Premier League panel put out uh, a net spend since June 2016, and that's not everything. Um, but it goes Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Everton, uh, because they had that kind of horrible couple of windows where they just signed everyone. Um, Arsenal, Brighton, uh, that's that's tough to take, in, considering they just sacked Chris Hutton just before we started. Um, and, and Liverpool fall down, but that that's partially because of the uh, Coutinho deal. Um, and so, and so things like that, but, um, you know, we're down there at uh, negative 10 million. We're at the bottom of the, of the table. Um, uh, that'll go away once we sign officially Danny Ings, that'll put us up, uh, at least it'll put us 10 million, uh, above. So it'll, but that still only moves us one off the bottom of that. So, um, definitely have some, some, some things to ad- address. Um, but, but we will kind of, we'll, we'll kind of see. And I've got to get ready to go to work here in just a few minutes, but, um, Anything else that you'd like to add? Do we we gloss over anything? Miss anything? Um, going through the lineup, it looks like we have basically done everything. I think. Yeah, no, I think that basically covers everything. All I was just going to say was um, thank you, obviously, for your partnership this season. Obviously, all the edits and all the stuff you've done for obviously the Instagram this year, and obviously, I look forward to it again next season. Obviously, I'm sure you'll enjoy not doing any edits for a while. So I'm sure. You're like, oh, great! Never read it. So, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, my here's my like. This is a, a more of a, a personal thing, but I I don't like sitting around. I get really antsy and and I feel like I need to to do stuff. And I also like having a plan. Like so, 
basically my Wednesday evenings are, uh, we have guitar practice and then we have, uh, the kids go to youth group. And when the kids go to youth group, I basically run to the coffee shop and I get out my laptop and I start working on the edit and I try to get the edit to you, um, in that hour and a half. Um, I try to get my edit done at the, at the same time. And, and so I have this kind of very strict schedule that I keep myself on. Uh, and the problem with it is that as soon as my wife is off work and now she wants to, to hang out, which is stuff I should do, um, all of a sudden it goes like, oh, shoot, you know, like, when am I going to get this done and, and things like that. So I have some definite things I need to to, to sit down and think about. Um, the edits have been fun and and we couldn't have done them without the the help of of Matt at the We Are Southampton page. Um, and he was kind enough to to work with me because he is much better at Photoshop than I am. Um, and it's, it's definitely a learning curve for me, but, um, he's so good. The club actually now pay him to do stuff. So, uh, thanks to him for, for all of that, but definitely thanks to you for, for the partnership. It's been, it's been a lot of fun just, just talking to you and, and, and having, uh, you to bounce ideas off of and things like that. And so like any, any benefits of, of social media growth or podcast listenership aside, it's been a, a, a huge, a huge blessing for me to be able to talk to you as much as we have. Um, so I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. First of all, for that, uh, just the friendship and then, uh, secondary, thanks for the the help in terms of growing the show. And, uh, I do apologize because every time you post about the podcast, it is the least liked thing on your page. So, uh, <laughs> I, I do apologize for that. It just is the way, is the way things go. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'll still share it. I mean, it's still, obviously it's part of the partnership and I'll continue to do that next season and beyond. So no, it's great for me. And I think it's good as well. Cause obviously we're both from, so I'm in different places, so it's always handy if you miss something or I miss something. So you know I mean, so it's always yeah. good, always good for that. Yeah, and it's uh, it feels good not to have to worry about being a news source. Like you know, uh, between the Twitter page uh, and the work that you do on Instagram, the news is covered. Um, I can just focus on 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 doing the show, and and it, it, I think it all works out. So I think I think it works really really well. So thanks for that. Um, but if I don't go to work, uh, I'm gonna get fired and. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, this doesn't pay. So, uh, we got to go, but, uh, Jay, thank you so much. It's been a, I wouldn't say it's been a great season, but it's been a great season, uh, in terms of, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm getting up from here every, every single weekend smiling and I'm happy to put the show out and, um, you know, I've made, uh, lots of connections and, and, uh, and friendships and partnerships. And, and so for that, in that respect, it's been a good season and, uh, I don't know, I'm happy to continue to do it. Looking forward to it. Hopefully. Uh, we have a season where we move up the table uh, more, more than a place because I think that would be important. But anyway, um, Jay, thank you so much. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We'll do this again. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. That does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to the Southampton page and to Jay for running the page and for allowing me to be a partner. Um, not going to lie, the uh, the sharing that happens, it's pretty one way. I do appreciate it, though. Um, I'll do what I can to, to help you out as much as I can. And I look forward to the coming season and year. It's been fantastic. But uh, that is a wrap for the 2018-2019 Premier League season. 16th place finish, uh, some wins against the top six. 29 points dropped from winning positions. Um, I'll stop going on that. Um, but we've got a new coach, two two executive openings, uh, and a second-place trophy for Liverpool. So that's always good. But anyway, 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have actual credit stuff to do. So uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the Southampton page, you can do that at Southampton page. Jay is at Fatal Jay. Uh, links to all of those things are in the show notes. Um, and while we're here, we should just say thank you to Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page, who was so good at doing graphic design that the team hired him to do theirs. So uh, congratulations to Matt. You can find his page at the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Um, Matt did the logo for the show. He's been great. Hopefully you'll hear from him later this summer. Want to get in touch with this show? You can do that on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Easiest way to do it is to go to SouthamptonDelivery.com, click the links from there, or just look for at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on Twitter and Instagram, and at Facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery on Facebook. If you have not done so yet, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There are plenty of links on SouthamptonDelivery.com to help you. If you do not know how, uh, you can play it straight from the website too. Uh, That also works. If you're familiar with this platform and you've enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a rating. If you really, really like it and you want some extra stuff, including extra podcast episodes, uh, a private group chat, and priority for getting your questions answered, maybe patreon.com slash sfcdelivery is for you. Uh, But either way, um, I appreciate you listening. and Thank you so much. Uh, That does it for now. If you'd like to be featured on next week's episode, which is the end of season wrap-up episode, you can do that. Get in touch with me, send me a DM, send me an email, say, hey, I want to be a part of the show. I'll give you a link so you can sign up uh, and I'll talk to you on Skype and then you'll be here with me. And most people enjoy it. Um, Some people don't, but that's okay. Anyway, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your support. And uh, until next time, remember that together, we march on.